0: This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, presented by Metashare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. He's Harrison Zuckerberg. We'll see him in just a moment if you are watching this podcast. But we're not experts, but rather fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right what we hope will be convincing, and we will hold ourselves accountable. We will confess when we are wrong, uh, and so we will do that later on today's show. And and so excited to be with you as we discuss week 13 and what we saw and then anticipate week 14 and the rest of the season ahead of us. The playoffs are coming quick. This, for most leagues, is the final regular season season. For the fantasy season, which is very exciting. It's different this year, I know, for our league. And as we begin with some fantasy shenanigans, my my one league is trying to figure out what to do about this week 14. Because we have 14 team owners in our league, which means we play everyone once week 1 through 13. Now week 14, it's a little bit up in the air. We, we didn't anticipate the buys taking place this week. And so it totally messed up our whole season and, and league that we've been doing since... A long time. Is like nineteen year eighteen nineteen. So, um, so anyway, that that's going on the craziness of of this week. But we have a lot to discuss following some um, I think intriguing storylines from from the weekend and especially last night Monday Night Football Bills and the Patriots. And so I'm coming to you from the Unpacking it Ministry Studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. Harrison is in Texas, and I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare, for their support and let you know, as a listener, a little bit about them so that if if you're considering uh, making a change with, with your health care, uh, you consider them. And, and my wife and I, we've been a member for over five years, and, and so can confidently say that that they've helped us, and it's been a, a great option for us. Uh, just as far as having an affordable and effective way to pay for healthcare, and so they Medishare. They're an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. And so, if you want to get a link to sign up, all you have to do, or at least get some information, just get some information first. Text the word "unpack" to two zero one two zero one. All right, so so that makes it easy for you. You'll get the link and and be good to go. So text the word "unpack." to two zero one, two zero one. All right. So we got, I'm convinced today we've got fantasy shenanigans. We've got the Fantasy football fellowship playbook where we'll discuss fantasy football loyalty and, and how that parallels to life. And actually when it's time to give up on the loyalty a little bit. So what does that look like? So uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit, but Harrison, some fantasy shenanigans in your world how you doing how did you uh how did week 13 turn out for you
1: i'm doing great only had one loss this week and all the other wins were big wins but the close loss really stung for me in two of my leagues i scored over 170 different points on both teams and what was surprising about this to me was that it wasn't, you know, both teams were made up of the same players, so obviously the teams were going to both do well at the same time. But they were completely different players on both teams. One team was carried by Tom Brady and T. Higgins. The other one was carried by, you know, George Kittle and Chris Godwin. So that was really awesome to score that much, you know, really gain my confidence on those teams heading into the playoffs in a few weeks. Um, and then in the one league that I lost, it was really upsetting because I made the mistake of, starting Darnell Mooney over Sony Michel. And I didn't want to, Ooh. but the official news that Sonny Michel would be the starting running back didn't come out until about 102. And at that time, ESPN's app had already said, nope, past one o'clock, too late to make your starting changes to your lineup, even though the Bears game with Mooney hadn't technically kicked off yet or started. So that stung. That would have that put me over the top. And then I had a second chance to win that game going into Sunday Night Football I was down by uh, 14, had Travis Kelsey playing, thinking 14 points, number one tight end in the league, Kansas City offense, easy for Travis Kelsey. Only gets three receptions for 27 yards, and I still end up losing. So that that really stung, and that's a league, too, where – you know, I was only one game above 500. Now I'm right at 500 in that league. I'm in the last spot in the playoffs. So this is really a make or break week for me. That last win, I really needed to lock in my spot in the playoffs. And now I'm not really sure. So just really upsetting week for that league overall. Man. Okay. So a yeah, lot, lot of shenanigans for you. I, I got to tell you, you
0: know, it sounds like I'm bragging, but I just got to, these are the facts. I went 6-0 and in my leagues this week. So it was a big week. At the uh, at the Johnson household, so so fired up about it, and and I gotta I gotta give a shout out to my three guys, Cooper Cup, George Kittle, Damian Harris. I've got those three guys in my in my two big leagues, and they they totally dominated. So incredible performances from those three, and you know, I don't I feel like I'm peaking too early. I, I like you you, you want to you know, week thirteen is nice to win. I want to win in week 17 and win some championships and win some rings. But we're building toward that, and so, so that's the exciting part. And, and even some of my teams that were maybe struggling, starting to get a little bit little bit more hope, like you mentioned. So a little the hope builds each week. But as always in fantasy, it comes down to being healthy. And it's going to come down to, as we saw last night, weather. How is weather going to affect game plans and matchups? And you got to factor it in. And I think what we learned last night, though, is just because it's going to be bad weather doesn't mean you write off everybody. Because sometimes I think that's the default response is, oh, I just got to avoid that game. I don't want anything to do with it. Sometimes that's true. But usually teams can run the ball even in the snow. And, and, and the wind is especially difficult, but but you can, you can run a little bit in the, in the, in the wind, uh, as we saw with new England last night. Um, And then my boy, Matt Breida, who I was all excited about fumbles on on a kickoff and seemed to be in the doghouse. So he didn't, he did not have a good game for the bills. And it was interesting. I was reading about this game and outside of Damian Harris's huge run, the Patriots actually didn't run the ball that well. Uh, Just about three yards a carry. So it's a little bit skewed. Uh, but nonetheless, I think what we learned is uh you still still want a couple of those guys in there in the
1: weather games. But what did you take away? From, from last night's performance. I mean, that was an awesome game just to watch. You know, <laughs> seeing someone, you know, punt the ball and the ball actually come backwards at them because <laughs> the wind is so strong or try to get a field goal and the ball just stops dead at about 25 yards and falls to the ground. is just so unbelievable and fun to watch. And it helped me in fantasy too. I have to admit the weather. In one of my wins, I was up by 30 points and the other guy had Mac Jones playing. And I was like, eh, mm. you know, that's like 300 yards, three touchdowns for Mac Jones it's possible he's been playing hot then i saw the weather and i'm like oh no way he even did worse than i expect you know from fantasy standpoint only having three pass attempts so that game you know completely out of reach at that point really helped me there and then this is going to tie into my i'm convinced for the week but as fantasy managers we need to use our brains sometimes you know projections are just that they're projections they mean nothing whatever analytics you know that is being taken into account for ESPN or Yahoo projections or fantasy pro I don't think that computer has ever stood out in you know negative whatever degrees with 50 mile per hour winds and tried to throw a football before I don't think it can actually grasp and understand that so from that standpoint you know in one league I had a couple Patriots receivers Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson I'm like you know what I'm going to start both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson instead of one of the receivers, because I'm willing to bet that they're going to run the ball a lot more than they're going to pass it in this game. I don't want anything to do with the Patriots receivers, which really worked out well for me. Um, I think that's just what we need to do. Like, you know, you know, computers are so good at figuring out and projecting points, and a lot of times they're right and pretty accurate overall. But sometimes we just know more as as fantasy football fans and guys who watch football and understand, you know, how the NFL works. Like another example of this from this past weekend, I'm sure your projections thing told you that, you know, some Giants players were going to play really well or that it's Saquon Barkley. He's going to have a great game against the oh, Dolphins. Gosh. I don't know when in history – any team that's already bad and then is putting in a backup quarterback has had a good game, maybe aside from you know the Eagles with Gardner Minshew, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. So obviously, I wanted nothing to do with the Giants, and the same thing with Jacksonville this weekend. You know, James Robinson has been a great player, but Jacksonville's not going to be running the ball against a. Uh, la team that has lost a couple games in a row and trying to get back on track oh, yeah. we know this he's gonna have a bad game i don't care if it says that james robinson has projected 14 points this week don't start him he's not going to get there so i think especially as we go into the playoffs we need to actually observe what is happening in scenarios with certain teams and figure out all right How does this work? I know the computer is going to tell me to do one thing. You were talking about last week going against what 95% of experts say starting your tight end. I did it again. We need to think about and use our brains. How does football work? What is it actually like standing outside when it's 50 mile per hour wins? And use that rather than just pure numbers to calculate our fantasy lineups as we go into the playoffs. Amen. Wow. I'm, I'm with you.
0: That's good stuff. Yeah, we I mean we've got to be football fans and 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 if we watch games y- you can figure some things out. And if you read the reports going in, sometimes as fantasy owners we can get too fantasy focused. We have to get a little bit wider of a of a lens to 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 make our decisions. Cuz I'm guilty of this too, especially at the last minute you just get caught looking at the numbers, the projections when you're making those final lineup decisions, but you got to you got to factor everything in um and so i'll i'll this leads into my i'm convinced i'm convinced that this fantasy season hasn't been as surprising as we might kind of think it is based on narratives or based on the week by week surprises every week there's surprises you know there's things that don't add up things that don't make sense you're like whoa where did that come from you know the the uh Bills losing to Jacksonville. You know, that was a weird game a few weeks ago. Um, you know, the Jets have won games, all this kind of thing throughout the year. But when you look at it from a bigger standpoint, what really is surprising of the top running backs, of the top quarterbacks, how many of them are really surprising? So, my biggest surprise of the surprises of the year, Leonard Fournette has been awesome and healthy for Tampa Bay. Core Daryl Patterson, nobody saw that coming. Not in a million years. Nobody saw that. Debo Samuel has been elite. I think, I think we thought he was solid, but always some injuries. Now, of course, he's a little banged up. Um, but nobody saw that coming to that extent, I don't think. And then Hunter Renfro being as consistent as he's been in that Raiders offense has been a pleasant surprise. But other than that, and you can email me, you know, what is surprising from a, a, a really you know 13 weeks. The top, like nobody should be surprised. Jonathan Taylor is this good in Indianapolis. Now you may have you may have downplayed Indy because you didn't. You know I don't think Carson Wentz is that good, and then that's fine. But but Jonathan Taylor is he was drafted high, what in the second maybe second round, first or second round. Um, good running back at Wisconsin, so it's not like he's coming out of the blue. He's not he's not James Robinson from a year ago. Um, Austin Eckler, I mean this guy's been good. This guy, this is a, uh, an elite running back. And so this year he's having a big season. Um, and so the list goes on. Of course, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, you know, in, when you thought, start talking about injuries, nobody can predict that. Uh, but that's uh, a separate thing. And so going back to your point, Harrison, we got to be football fans. And and I, I think fantasy football doesn't have to be as hard as sometimes it feels like it is. And and so that's why I th- I think it, when you really look at this season, yeah guys that are are good should have been good <laughs> and so some of the luck the are the unluck that we get have to deal with injuries and that's that's part of fantasy and that's why sometimes we have a down week or a down season and you can't if you draft McCaffrey number one overall that was fine you should have drafted him number one. But if he gets hurt, then that's the unfortunate piece.
1: So there you go. That's what I'm convinced of. And obviously we can't predict injuries. Um, That's going to be unexpected every year. I mean, some guys have an injury history versus others, but there's always, you know, fluke injuries that happen every year. We saw that with Derrick Henry this year. But when you look at like surprises, there's not a lot of things that even that went terribly different than, you know, where we draft the guys like I like to look at you know Cooper Cup this year and Allen Robinson probably drafted around the same spot Cooper Cup being number one and Allen Robinson being dropped in most leagues now I mean the narrative still makes sense Cooper Cup was in a good offense getting an even better quarterback Allen Robinson is in a not so good offense getting Andy Dalton or a rookie quarterback. Like it's That's not, right. even though like evened out, we draft them at the same time and it's surprising they're both where they are. It's not like the narrative is so unbelievable as to say a quarter old Patterson where it's like, all right, we're going to take a kick returner, wide receiver hybrid make him our starting running back. And he's going to put up better numbers than Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott, who was drafted in the top five as a running back. Like that, that, that doesn't that really make sense fine. at all. But other yeah. than that, like it's, you can see where these things came from during the season. And you know it's somewhat surprising that Tom Brady's number one, but not really. I mean, he, I mean, I was calling it out earlier more, in the season. I said he was going to be MVP.
0: When you have those weapons that he has, it's not that surprising. He looks around, and he you know when Gronk's actually healthy, and you know I mean then you get the run game with Leonard Fournette, which I, I I'll, I'll admit is surprising. But Tom Brady being a top quarterback, not nah, not so much. Um, and even you know to me. Jalen Hurts is surprising because I wasn't buying into him, but the majority of people, you know, saw the the potential for Hurts to be able to run and, and throw and put up decent fantasy numbers. So uh, there's one that's not, you know, so, so, so surprising either. So anyway, that that's just that's just kind of a, a general observation. And so as we think, you know, of course, toward next year. Sometimes obvious stuff. Don't don't overthink it, or or, just draft guys that you think are going to be good. And and oh, of course I do. That's of course that's what I do. Now sometimes we start getting we get too cute, and we start trying to figure out like, okay, this guy's you know the um, you know this this third string wide receiver, he's going to really be something this year, and maybe, but just get the guy that's been reliable over the last few years, and he's probably going to get it done again. You know, it's like let's let's not. Get crazy. So there you go. All right. Let's um, we'll catch our breath here and we'll uh, we'll jump into the the fantasy football fellowship playbook. And then uh, we'll get some more uh, analysis from from Harrison. Uh, but this week it's it's week 14. And so this week's topic in the playbook is fantasy loyalty. And in general, loyalty is a great characteristic in life and fantasy. And even going back to what I was just saying, when you draft guys expecting them to be good and, you know, they have been good in the past and they've been reliable and they get off to a slow start. First few weeks, you stick with them, you stick with them, wait for them to turn it around, you know, wait for them to, to figure things out. Maybe it's a new quarterback. Just give them some time. You you know what they're capable of. Um, And so you, you stick with guys for a long time. Now with that said, Throughout the season, if you've listened to the podcast or read the playbook, in week seven, we discussed compounding our mistakes by hanging on to a player we shouldn't have drafted to begin with, but we tried to prove ourselves right, so we hung on to him way too long, and the mistake kept compounding. Like, we should have realized early on, yeah, yeah, this isn't turning around. It was pretty obvious, yet we held on to that player. Um, And then a few weeks ago, we brought up the importance of admitting when we're wrong about a player that that we hyped up, and and to that point too, need to release them and 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 let them go. Um, and so uh, this this idea with fantasy loyalty is there are certain players that maybe won us some matchups in the past, or uh, you know somebody that I'm real loyal to is Corey Davis. Well, at this point, Corey Davis is done. He's out for the year. So now I move on from him. But those types of guys that have, have come in, you know, in the clutch and you have a history with them if you've been playing fantasy for a while, you keep them on your roster and you're loyal to them. But now we're talking final week of the regular season with the playoffs quickly approaching. It's not about loyalty. It's about who's going to, to be awesome the next few weeks. And if a guy has been struggling for the last three, four, five weeks, that probably is where things are heading for that player right now. Now, if it's been kind of up and down, up and down, yeah, that's a different story. But if it's been a, a, a pretty significant slide over the last five weeks, even if they were awesome the first couple of weeks, it might be time to move on from them. They might actually hurt your chances in the fantasy playoffs because they're just not playing well. The, the offense isn't clicking right now. You know, injuries, even at other positions have, have affected that player. Um, and so we have to, again, put our football caps on, not just do fantasy too, but look at the whole picture and realize, I just, I can't, as much as I want to be loyal to this guy, I love this guy. He's been awesome. I, I, can't, I can't count on him the next three, four weeks And I need to let go of him and and go get somebody that's hot right now, you know, in the fantasy uh, heading into the fantasy playoffs that that might have a better chance. Now I'll talk about the flip side of that in a couple of weeks where the, the talks I mentioned, this really don't get cute. Uh, So there is, you have to, you have to have sound judgment in this when you're talking about loyalty and getting rid of people. Um, This can, you can flip this the whole other way and you know, a guy has one bad game and you move on from him in the playoffs. Ooh, let's not do that. I'm talking about consistent slide. Okay. So how does this translate to our own lives? There are people in our lives that we have a great history with, went to high school with college with, they were, you know, great people in our life at, at a certain time, but maybe if we really evaluate things, they're actually bringing us down Their, their negativity, their influence is causing us to either have, you know, kind of negativity ourselves or leading us down, you know, paths of of sin or or behavior that we're we're trying to move past, and because of our spiritual maturity, uh, it, it makes it very challenging to be around that person. And it doesn't mean that we, you know, totally write them off or give up on them completely, but it may mean I can't, I can't have them in my inner circle anymore. I can't have them in my starting lineup anymore. And, and so same thing with fantasy. It may may not mean that we even have to release a player. It may just mean we we need to put them on the bench. We need to keep them on the bench. Um, And if we start seeing some, some major changes and uh, you know, we can welcome them kind of back into our inner circle at the right time, with prayer and, 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 wisdom and, and really, you know, seeking the Lord to, to make the, the right decision on these relationships. Um, but I think it's, it's important for us as we go through life, who are we surrounding ourselves with? Who are we spending the most time with? Who are we investing our time, uh, in, uh, or with? Um, and so here are a couple of verses to encourage us today. Um, in Proverbs, it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, uh, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And, and so, uh, again, loyalty in general is a very valuable characteristic to live by. We don't want to write people off easily. Um, we want to pray for people. We, we, I believe in heart change. I believe in life change. Um, but there are certain people that I just can't spend as much time with anymore. Um, and so when it causes us to, uh, you know, being around certain people draws us away from God, then it's not worth it. It's not worth being, being around them as much. Um, or if they're inviting us down this wrong path, we have to make the tough decision to go a different direction and, and to spend less time with them and, um, maybe not be as, um, yeah, just not, not, not invest as much. Um, and then one other verse, uh, a psalm, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So this week, let's evaluate our loyalty and make sure it's leading to victory in fantasy and in life, so there you go, Harrison. Do you have a player that you've been loyal to? Maybe time to to, to let go of,
1: uh, and then we'll uh, we'll start talking uh, accountability and confession. <sighs> For me, that player this year was Allen Robinson. I'd had him on my team in years past, ever since Jacksonville. Then he came to the Bears. Obviously, I'm a Bears fan. want to get him then. And he'd been good. But then about week 10 this season, I was like, all right, it's time to drop him. Let him go. Bring in another young rookie receiver. Maybe get some more looks because he was not not doing it. Was not helping my team. That's that's a good one. Um,
0: I'm going to have to evaluate Hunter Henry a little bit. He's been good. He's been good, but I, for the stretch run, mm, I'm not sure. I've got George Kittle, so I may not need him, but it'll be tough to let him go. I, I interviewed him on Unpacking It a couple times, big fan of his. Uh, I love what he's doing in New England, but will there be enough? Can I trust rookie quarterback? Are they going to run the ball even more moving forward? You know, that kind of thing. So that's that's a guy for me. All right, let's do some uh, accountability and confession and uh you alluded to the uh me going against experts. So th- the big one for me this week it actually wasn't that differential, but I played Cole Komet over Marvin Jones. And 94% of experts said that was a bad move. Now Comet scored seven. <laughs> Marvin Jones scored three. So a four-point difference, but hey, in fantasy, it does every every lineup decision makes a difference. Um and then also I played Damian Harris and Brandon cooks instead of Boston Scott and TJ Hawkinson, which the experts were telling me to play now TJ would have been better than Brandon cooks, but Harris over Scott 20 to zero basically. So, uh, so that that ended up working out well for me, but um, so those were, I guess those were the good things. Those are the good things that I did. Um, Kind of, I kind of made a mistake there with, with TJ Hawkinson. But I won six games this week, so I don't have a lot to be uh, <laughs> to be wrong about. Other than I was all in on Matt Breida, so I will own that, and he has not, he did not pan out last night, which was disappointing. Not fully going to give up on him because I they still don't run the ball well, the Bills, so still give Breida a chance. But that's that's where I've definitely been wrong. Where, where have you been? A little little misguided.
1: Yeah, I mean, this week I can't say that I was you know too misguided because, like I said before, I put up. 170 points in two week and like two different leagues and pretty much everyone on my team scored over, you know, 15 or 16 points. Um, so I had a pretty good week there. One, like aside from that one, Darno Mooney, Sony Michelle uh, matchup that I played wrong earlier. Um, there wasn't really much for me to, uh, you know, really, really be hard on myself about this week. Luckily. All
0: right. I'll, I got another thing I'll be, I was wrong about. I said last week I'm convinced you don't want the Steelers, Seahawks, Saints, and Panthers down the stretch. Instead, you want players that will be on the Rams, Chargers, Chiefs, Bengals, Colts. So I still feel good about those teams you you do want. Uh, But maybe the Steelers. Deontay Johnson. Harris. Uh, Let's see. anybody else have a big game? Those are probably the main guys. But uh, Deontay Johnson had a monster game. So... I was a little off uh, on the Steelers, and of course the Seahawks won the game, but not great fantasy wise maybe tyler uh tyler lockett was was pretty good um so all right, there you go that's what we're uh we're wrong about this week uh or following last week uh let's do a little um injuries and storylines uh a lot of you know concerns. This time of year with injuries. I mentioned Corey Davis is out. Logan Thomas looks like he might be out for the season. My boy Adam Thielen, big fan of Adam Thielen, ankle injury. Doesn't seem as major as they feared, but it almost makes it worse for fantasy owners because now you're wondering, oh, do I hang on to him? What do we do? Uh, how does this affect Jefferson? How does this affect Kirk Cousins? Could be good or bad for, for Je- Jefferson. Um, and then Yeah, those are kind of the main ones. Any other injuries jump out to you that that you're keeping a close eye on?
1: Yeah, the Thielen one's really interesting because the high ankle sprain in a lot of Thielen's game is route running and the quick cuts because he's not the fastest guy. So that could be pretty detrimental to how he actually plays. But then from a fantasy perspective, He's been big this year from touchdowns, not necessarily yards and receptions like he has in years past. So he could still be fantasy relevant, only getting three or four receptions, but being the red zone threat that Kirk Cousins looks to. So it's really weird because it's like it hurts him in some ways and other ways, not that much. And, you know, I, I wouldn't panic too much about him if he's out, obviously don't play him. I think it's just a situation to monitor if you have him on your team. All right. The other big, Storyline for the weekend. The lions finally won. Jared Goff played well.
0: Uh, You know, the big play to St. Brown for a touchdown. Hawkinson played pretty well as well. Uh, So what do we do with this? It was against the Vikings. So the Vikings are in a close game every week. The lions are in a close game every week. It finally went the lions way, uh, which was, which was great for them. I have to admit, I am considering picking up Jared Goff Now, I have Carson Wentz, and he's on a bye. So the the, the the options are limited. But Jared Goff, based on that last game, I'm, I'm intrigued. So are you going to, to pick up any receivers? Goff, is it just one game? Swift was out, so they had to do some different things.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think one receiver to look at is definitely Amon Ross St. Brown, a rookie wide receiver out of USC. He put up a big stat line, 10 receptions for 80 yards and caught the game winning touchdown pass uh, in that game. And this is a scenario where, you know, end of the season, obviously the Lions got their one win. They're not going to finish. 0-16-1. Zero, 16 and one. So, do you give the rookies more opportunities here? Um, and I think that's something that they could definitely look towards. I would, I would consider picking up Amon-Ra St. Brown. And I think what's really funny uh, this weekend to look forward to in the NFL. You talked about the Steelers being on the rise a little bit, and the Vikings just lost the Lions. We have the matchup against two teams who have yet to beat the Lions this season the Steelers tied against them and the Vikings lost them so we have (laughs) the Lions Bowl this weekend in the Uh, NFL between the Vikings and the Steelers which I just thought was was funny um and then another piece of news from this week that I think is really interesting uh for the Panthers another team that we talked about on the decline but they fire their offensive coordinator Joe Brady um And the quote behind this was, was that Matt Rule did not like the lack of rush attempts that the team had, which I mean, you know, kind of makes sense. If you're losing games, you got to throw to get back in it. But he said that he wanted to average about 33 rushing attempts going forward without Joe Brady there. So what do you make of this for fantasy? If they're going to be a really run heavy team, regardless for Chuba Hubbard, Amir Abdullah, and even Cam Newton
0: in general, I'm avoiding the Panthers right now. I mean, I'm almost forced to still play DJ Moore. I've got him in a couple leagues. Um, it would be hard to bench him. But I, I'm very uh, just confused. And that Dolphins game was so bad. And the Panthers offense looked so bad. And Cam Newton, one of his worst performances, one of the worst quarterback performances ever. You know, it was just really, really ugly. So it's hard to I, – I, I, to me, I'm just – wait. it's a wait-and-see approach. Is, was Joe Brady really the issue? Or was it? Hey, it's still the offensive line is the problem. So I, the you offensive
1: know, line, no Christian McCaffrey and yeah, Sam Darnold man. and Cam Newton at quarterback. Yeah, sometimes
0: a new offensive coordinator, it, you know, it spices things up. It makes things you know pop for a week. So there, there is that possibility, but I, I would be very hesitant to start anybody in fantasy this week from the Panthers. That. And I'm a Panthers fan, and maybe I'm too close to it, um, but it's just, and, and, and that, again, that loss to the Dolphins really soured me on on everybody. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's worth having Hubbard. You seem to like Amir Abdullah, but I, because I've seen Hubbard, at least I know kind of what he can do, and he, he, he did produce to a certain extent earlier in the season when McCaffrey was out. I'm okay with him, but Cam's going to take touchdowns away. So I don't see either running back scoring touchdowns. And so that, that, that hurts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. The, if it was any other quarterback besides Cam Newton, then 33 rush attempts for the backfield sounds like a lot between two running backs. But if Cam Newton's taking 10 of those and he's taking all of the red zone attempts too, then really not that heavy of a run involvement for the running backs exactly exactly all right so let's jump to peace or
0: panic a couple guys that maybe uh, struggled recently especially this past weekend Do we have peace or are we panicking so the Ravens losing to the Steelers Lamar Jackson it's you know he's great some weeks he's incredible he's lights out he's unstoppable and then other weeks it's just the the offense stalls and you look around and you're like, eh, where are his weapons? What, wait, they're running with the ball with Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray, and what is this, the ragtag group? And then some weeks it's like, oh, wow, Freeman gets into the end zone. So it, to me, it's still panic, and I, they're untrustworthy. Mark Andrews is very untrustworthy. I had him last season. He burned me. He's still one of the best tight ends, so it's hard to uh, deny that. But, man, I don't trust him. So I, I'm more on the panic side with the Ravens, especially with that division is so tough, some more divisional matchups coming up down the stretch. And, and you know, I, yeah, so that's, that's where I come out on him. What, what about for you?
1: Yeah, I would agree with the Ravens offense. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we had a lot of hope for this offense and in the, the young talent that they've, they had with, you know, J.K. Dobbins and, and Rashad Bateman and, and Hollywood Brown had a great start to the season, but it just it feels like it's stalling as the season's gone on. And I know like you don't want to say that the league's figured out Lamar Jackson or the offense because in the next week he'll go off and he'll have a seventy yard touchdown run and he'll be great. But that's kind of what it feels like is that without the dynamic weapons that they've had in the past, and even though, you know, Mark Andrews is great, Devontae Freeman is not what he once was. And and you know, Sammy Watkins is not that amazing of a receiver. Um I really don't have a lot of faith in this offense. You know, if you have Lamar as your quarterback, obviously you have to start him because it's Lamar Jackson, but I would not be looking to acquire anyone on the Ravens, hoping that they would outperform what they've already done this season.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can make the case down the stretch. You run the ball more. Ravens are still one of the better running teams, but from a fantasy standpoint, it's hard to know who, who each week and which week they're actually going to click and run the ball well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably – I do have Lamar Jackson, and he, he'll remain in my starting lineup for now, but, but I may look into some other options for sure. Uh, another uh, staying in the AFC North, Joe Burrow. Now, the Bengals in many ways looked good, um, but he's got a bad finger. Very concerning. So there is a level of panic and concern there. And he also – he's had less than 20 points in four straight games. A big part of that, Joe Mixon is running as well as he is. So, in some ways, it's good for the Bengals because they're they're more balanced of a team. But to trust Joe Burrow as a starting fantasy quarterback, I'm going to say panic on that one. I'm going to say I'm panic. A, and I'm going to say I panic as well. as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, if you saw the pictures of his finger after the game, now obviously the swelling oh. will go down <laughs> in about a week. But, you know, I think this is an opportunity – for your guy, Piran, he almost got it this weekend. I he saw Joe did. Mixon go down. I was watching again. I'm like, come on, where's Bryce? He's somewhere on the <laughs> sidelines. He had to have taken him out. Uh, but Mixon got back up, got back in there. <laughs> but if Mixon's a little banged up and they're going to be running the ball even more with with Burrow not being 100%, Piran may be a good investment for this week.
0: Yes, absolutely. Get Piran. I got him on two two key teams.
1: Um, all right, let's do
0: some quick investor pass. I, I would say... Waiver wire this time of year is bleak. It is it is ugly. There's no question about it. Hard to get a big time steal this time of year, but you almost have to to kind of guess a little bit. Look down the you know next couple of weeks. I uh, was reading something earlier. You know Justin Fields is probably a guy you, you consider as someone down the stretch that has the potential and ability to shock everybody and put up big fantasy points if you're desperate for a quarterback. It's that it's that type of Looking a week or two ahead, that's what's going to benefit you this week. Um, but as far as guys, you know, playing well right now, Jameson Crowder, Russell Gage, especially Crowder, having more opportunity with Davis. So I take a good look at Crowder. Um, you know, I've avoided Atlanta, so I'm not going to give that endorsement. But, but Gage, he's been okay. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, Red, Washington's fighting for a playoff spot. Um, so who are you jumping in on this week to, uh, to invest in?
1: Yeah, one guy that I'm investing in this week, depending on what the injury report plays out, but I'm at least putting a claim in for him and I can always drop him later, is Jermichael Hasty on the 49ers because you look at right now Elijah Mitchell. He's been great this season, but he's in concussion protocol. Jeff Wilson is also banged up. Right now, Hasty and, and I guess Trey Sermon, who, a guy that is also banged up and they haven't really trusted a lot. Hasty's the only truly healthy running back on the roster right now. So if he's the only guy ready to go, I mean we've seen how great the 49ers backup running backs can be in these fill-in games. They've put up, you know, huge numbers in the past. I he's something that I would put a claim in for, you know, stash him on my bench and if he starts, you know, you can start him as well and if he doesn't cut him, I wouldn't put in a huge huge budget on him of, with your waiver wire claim, but if you're in a league that you know, doesn't have a waiver wire budget, put in a claim. And if you're in a league that does have a waiver wire budget, maybe put in like a dollar or two just to get him because he'd be a startable player if he ends up being the only healthy running back there. I like that. Great idea.
0: That's a good good advice there. So there you go. We got to wrap things up with uh, our segment, One Hit Wonder. And of course, it's, it's Christmas season. And so we will give you a, a one hit wonder of the week, fantasy wise and a Christmas song. Harrison, I will let you start. What is your one-hit wonder? Who, what player, kind of out of nowhere, uh, put up some, some good points this week?
1: So my player, I had to, it was only right to go to the Lions game with their one-hit wonder win of the season, because this is the only win that they're going to get for the whole season, in my opinion, uh, is Brock Wright, tight end, two receptions for 28 yards and a touchdown. He's a rookie, undrafted free agent tight end, played at Notre Dame, you know, there's been a lot of great tight ends to come out of Notre Dame for fantasy. Tyler Eifert, Cole Komet, your guy this year. Brock was not one of those guys, though. He only had seven receptions and one touchdown in the 48 games that he played in a Notre Dame uniform. So he already matched his tight end total from all of college this season, came when it mattered most for the Lions. They end up winning the game. So huge, probably, you know, biggest play of his career for him. (laughs) Um including college and my song christmas spirit is from jose feliciano "Feliz navidad can't go wrong there
0: it's a good one it's not it's not a go-to for me but when it comes on i'm not turning it i'll, I'll listen it's a fun one all right there you go so my uh one hit wonder a little different this week i'm gonna go with my boy gardner Minshew. Minshew mania baby if you remember, probably five weeks ago, I one of my I'm convinced was Garner Minshew was going to make a difference, and uh, I forget exactly what I worded it, but uh, I I was excited for him to go to Philadelphia, and I actually think he he could be the guy there. Like there there's he he fits in Philadelphia, so I I I don't like that I don't like Jalen Hurts because I like him as a person and what he did in college, and but there's just this when I watch him. I think he's a good player, but it just doesn't translate to NFL success, and so there's just this hesitation with him. Um, and my thing with Gardner Minshew is, I thought he played well in the midst of the shenanigans down in Jacksonville. So the fact that they just wrote him off and shipped him out of town was was very interesting. Um, and then he didn't, you know, he went to a team that didn't necessarily have a great shot at being the starter. Uh, there were probably a couple other teams that maybe he would have been a starter sooner. But uh, but he gets a shot. He plays very well. Had a great game. They get the win. Uh, so I'm hoping he's not a one hit wonder. But at the moment, he is a one hit wonder because it still still hurts offense as far as we know.
1: Um, any quick thoughts on on Minshew?
0: Yeah, I think right.
1: really Minshew versus Hurts. I mean. Did you see the video of him celebrating with his dad after the game wearing like the leather? He's just fired up. Like he is Philadelphia. I feel like with the mustache and everything and the difference between him and Hertz is, you know, Hertz has his special abilities, but with Hertz, it's more chaotic when he's on the field. You don't know if he's going to run, pass all over the place and he makes it work. Minshew looks in control of the game and of the offense. And I think that was the big difference and why Philadelphia should invest in him aside from just being an amazing personality i'm a fan so good for him here's my
0: one hit wonder of the week one of my favorite christmas songs rocking around the christmas tree so brenda lee in 1958 recorded that song she didn't write it but she was the performer so you'll hear her version of the song a lot I'm, i'm a amy grant fan myself so i like the amy grant version uh as well but the classic brenda lee version very good Uh, She was 13 years old when she recorded that song. So uh, pretty cool. That's a long time ago. Um, Rocking around the Christmas tree. Love it. So enjoy the Christmas season. Uh, Thanks, everybody, listening today. As we wrap things up, Harrison, appreciate you. Uh, Man, we're sports fans and fantasy owners who follow Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by our friends at MetaShare. Have a great one.